guys. Hello. It's Kelsey. And Bryn. I'm stretching. I sound weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bryn. <laughs> we have a heated blanket on because we're freezing. Yeah, it's actually amazing. Shout out, Rose. Thanks for my heated blanket for Christmas. Woohoo. So, we wanted to jump right into our coffee review because we are so fucking excited about this. So one. excited. I think this is... I'm very, very excited. Yeah. I mean... We'll get into it a little more, but this, we, when we reached out to this company, we even were like, you guys are totally and completely our vibe. Exactly what we're trying to, like, accomplish. <laughs> we're Just trying to accomplish this. Everything right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it just, well, like I said, we'll get into it. Yeah. Let's just get into it. So, they're, the coffee. Or wait, co- before you start, okay. should we mention that when this coffee company, we're going to sound like such fangirls, but we yeah, are yeah. right tell, now. Tell them that story, yeah. <laughs> when this co- coffee company responded to us, well, first, we were, like, sitting in the living room at night. It was literally 1130 at night. Yeah. We were, like... Bryn's like, should I message this company? Like, I don't know if they'll answer. I'm like, just do it. I, I bet you they will. She's like, okay. I was, but, and I, I even know. said to them, like, you're completely us. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know if they'll answer. And we're like, we'll just try whatever. So go ahead. So all of a sudden, my phone like vibrates, and I'm like, oh my god, we have an inbox message, and it's them responding. Actually. Kel's talk for a sec, so I'm going to pull yeah. up what they said. She, at, well, at first, I was looking at my phone, and I get a buzz, too, and I'm like, oh, my God, they just followed us back. And she was like, what? What? And literally screamed. <laughs> yeah. They said, love this. The The concept is amazing. Love the Instagram feed, too. We can send some coffee, no prob. And first, we're just, like, staring at each other, like, smiling and stuff, and then I screamed, and my mom, everyone was sleeping, and my yeah. mom came downstairs, and she's like, why are you screaming? What's going on? You could tell in Bryn's face, she was trying so hard to hold back the scream, and it just came out. And finally, I was just like, Wah! Like, it came out. <laughs> and we were just so excited, because it's just us. Yeah, it literally <laughs> is. So, the big reveal. This yes. coffee company is Rad Coffee. Rad absolutely rad yeah they sent us um one bag we'll get into that in a second and Um, we are fangirling rad coffee if you're listening we are fucking fangirling (laughs) so i'm gonna read a little bit about them on their facebook page Mm -hmm. they said rad coffee is not your average coffee house come and experience it for yourself rad coffee brings you to the best creativity in a cup located at the heart of downtown upland We are the first specialty coffee shop in Upland and the first skate-themed coffee company ever. Hell yes, honey. The best is yet to come. Stay tuned. Yes. And then there's a little blurb about them when you just Google them. Yeah. And it says, local joint decorated with punk rock concert flyers. (laughs) Holy shit. I can't wait to go to this place. (laughs) Offering cold brew coffee and blended specialties. So if you couldn't tell already... We are definitely fucking going to this place yeah. on our coffee tour. If you want to know, <laughs> if you want to come, or you just want to go by yourself, their address is 232 North 2nd Ave in Upland, California, 91786. That's their, like, main location. They also yep. have a location in Covina, California, mm-hmm. at 145 North Citrus Ave. Yeah. And if they couldn't get any better, they have a coffee truck. 
How fucking cool is that? And you could put in a request for it to travel to a town near you in, I'm assuming in California. Right, probably within reason, not to the East Coast. Yeah, (laughs) but like they travel all around to different places with a coffee truck. Yeah. Do you want to mention one of the things they did? Yeah. Which we also fangirled about. Honestly, so we were, I was scrolling through their Instagram and like everything is just so cool. So I'm like looking at all these pictures and then I, I was like, wait, that that person looks familiar. So I click on the picture, and it turns out that the coffee truck was actually selling coffee or providing coffee to the cast of fucking Shameless. Which we're obsessed with. And he, <laughs> the guy that was working at the coffee truck took a picture with Veronica. Love you, V. Love you, V. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. Freaking amazing. They just have really, um, I feel like it's... A perfect combination of coffee and, like... Rad. Crime. Radness. <laughs> they literally have, like, serial killers and, like, creepy Halloween stuff and, like, on their skulls. merch. Skulls. Cool skulls. Like, a, it basically looks like Elvis as a skull. Yeah. Honestly. I love it. It has, like, that little, like, curl, like, slicked hair with a curl kind yeah. of going down. And then they have, like, these cute little pins that are crystal balls with hands around them. Like, somebody's reading a crystal ball saying, need more coffee. Oh, I love it. So I love all their cute. graphics. All their graphics. I want everything. Do you want to talk about the menu? Yes. Okay. So, not only are they super amazing, but their menu is super amazing. So, let me get into that. Basically, some of their stuff on their menu, they have all... The basic stuff you would ever want. Mm-hmm. They have flavors like vanilla, caramel, hazelnut, almond, whatever. I'm going to get into some of their... They have, like, sections on their menu. Mm-hmm. They have Bones Brew Floats. Shut up. And it says, choose any 16-ounce blended drink and top it off with a floating Bones Brew. So, basically, it's like a root beer float, but with coffee. But with coffee. That's amazing. Speaking of that, they actually are now selling cold brew in a can. They do not ship those as of right now, I don't believe, but they do um, have them for sale in like a four pack of cans, yeah, which, which is really cool. so cool. And the graphics, once again, are just amazing on those. Mm-hmm. They have a Monster Mash section on their Shut specialty up. blended coffees. They have a f- one called the f- um, Frankenstein, the Bride, and Dracula. I'll give you an example. The Frankenstein is matcha green tea blended with vanilla mint, chocolate chips, and topped with Oreos. I'm going to scream. How creative and fucking delicious does <laughs> yeah. that sound? But here is my favorite section of all and why tell they're perfect for our podcast. I will tell you, Kelsey, and I will tell you, listeners, <laughs> cereal chillers. Like, chill. Perfection. Cereal chillers, like cereal killers, if you didn't get it. Now you do. (laughs) Cereal chillers. They have cinnamon toast. They have Captain Crunch. Shut up. They have cookies and cream, and they have my personal, what probably will be my favorite, because I haven't tasted it yet, peanut butter crunch. And if you want to know what's in the peanut butter crunch, I will tell you. Mocha and peanut butter and coffee topped with house-made black whipped cream (laughs) and cereal. Oh my god. God. I'm obsessed. We have to go here. We I have know. to. And in case you were wondering, they're open every day from 6 a.m. until midnight. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. I feel like most coffee shops are like the boring ones. And they have like, like smoothies six. and stuff there too if you're not into coffee. And yeah. lemonades. Different so, kinds of lemonade. Aside from all of their insanely awesome stuff, we'll talk about the bag of coffee that they sent us today. <sighs> and the sticker. 
stickers. And stickers. This one, they said the one they sent us was Drip Rad Coffee. And I'll just read what it says on their website here. It says, our exclusive rad coffee drip roasted by us for you in Upland, California. Drip is a medium roast, crisp and smooth with notes of cocoa and lemon zest. Choose between whole bean or ground. And then it says that there's a bio card included. And basically the bio card says that it's best for the brewing techniques of drip and um, pour over coffee. Mm -hmm. And they have it in bags from two ounces all the way up to five pounds, so. And we're going to post a picture of their bag. So fucking it cool. It is so cool. Like, oh my god. Just yeah. whoever is your graphic designer, Rad Coffee, fucking give those people a raise. Give them a hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were, they, like Kelsey said, they sent us, or I said actually, they sent <laughs> us stickers. And I just want to point out. One of my favorite stickers they sent us. It says, you have to I read just, them. yeah, it says, I just want to drink coffee and watch horror movies all day. Yes. Love it. Yes. And there's like one that says Rad Coffee and it's their coffee truck and it has, um, what's his name? Why can't I think right now? Jason. Oh. <laughs> it has Jason, like with a knife over the coffee truck. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. So make sure to also follow. Did you give their Instagram handle? Um, not yet, but we have a couple Instagram handles yeah. for you guys because they we have theirs, we have their coffee trucks, and then they also have someone who collabs, like who has their stuff in their store mm-hmm. with really freaking cool looking goodies. Yeah, and we want to give theirs too because why not? Right, and their stuff looks delicious. So. Uh, Rad Coffee's Instagram handle is Rad Coffee. <laughs> Their coffee truck's Instagram handle is at Rad Coffee Truck. Yep. Love it. Straight to the point. Which, by the way, real quick, you can also have the coffee truck at an event that you're having. So, like, in Rad- a perfect world, I would have Rad Coffee Truck at, like, my bridal shower. In a perfect world, <laughs> Rad Coffee, if you want to travel to New Jersey, you can be at my wedding. <laughs> Honestly, though. And yeah. you can do that on their website. I'm um, laughing, or but at I'm least not request to do that. Yeah. But then you can go ahead and talk about the. So then they have a person that distributes their goods in their store, and they're at Astro Tarts. A S T R O Tarts. And they have such. Yummy looking goodies. They're a micro vegan bakery, which I love. Yum. And they're women ran. Amazing. Love it. Fucking rad. And some of their goodies, they have these vegan, they call them vegan crispy invaders. And they are Shut vegan up. rice krispies drizzled with green slime. <laughs> Not actual green slime, it just looks like green slime. But I'm like such a fan of rad graphics combined with bright colors yeah like it's like lime green and then they have neon orange yeah they have these things that look like pop tarts basically Mm -hmm. there's one that's vegan lemon pop tarts and they're like bright pink with yellow smiley faces on them yep they have ones with skulls they have ones that are cookie dough ufo pop tarts i just can't even get over this like yeah it's just their stuff is so cool yeah so give them a Check, check make them out, sure, give them a follow as Make well. sure you follow their Instagram because you'll see exactly what we mean whenever you go and look at their Instagram. Yeah. And they do also have pods. They do. Keurig pods. Yep. yep. Meaning Rad Coffee, not uh, Astro. Yeah. 
Yeah, Rad Coffee has some pods. They have different size bags, different types of coffee. Um, but my goal in life is honestly to go there and have them make me some, like one of their cereal chillers. Yeah, I want a cereal chiller. Me too. And do we have anything else to add before we actually talk about their coffee? I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Um, I feel like there was something else. Maybe we'll think about when okay. we go along. So, what's your coffee review, Kels? So, I... Oh, wait. Their website. Duh. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Their website is radcoffee.com. Yep. Straight to the point. So, yeah. yeah what's your coffee review? Um. So, this is... It's always hard for me to come up with the words for how to describe coffee. By the way, I forgot to mention, this is a blend of Colombia and Guatemala. Yeah. Um, as far as the types of coffee beans that go into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I definitely, I like that it's not very strong. I like that it's a medium roast. Again, it's good to, like, you know, wake up with and it's not, like, hitting you in the face with, like, you know, bolds and... I don't, I don't know. I don't like a super bold coffee. Mm-hmm. I think this is also, though, really smooth. Um, and you can definitely taste the cocoa in it. Um, I think it's a good neutral coffee as well. Yeah. And I think that um, I would probably give this one an 8 out of 10 coffee beans. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. Um, to me, it had, like, like you said, very smooth. Yeah. Definitely neutral. You could add any creamer to it and Mm -hmm. because it's um just a regular flavored coffee there's no on like there's no flavoring to it's not like you're getting buying a hazelnut coffee or a french vanilla coffee right it's a it's their standard coffee you could probably add anything to it any kind of creamer if you prefer flavored coffee and it would pick up on that right and if you do it black as well you're still going to pick up on the notes of cocoa and lemon and there's actually um some sweet notes in it as well Mm -hmm. so if you like it black just you know, n- keep an eye out for those notes. But yeah. if you do like it with creamer, it's also amazing. And to me, I tasted a lot of the note, like, not a lot of the notes, I shouldn't say that. I tasted notes of the, like, it's like citrusy, flowery yeah. kind of. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. Like with a citrus note in it? Yeah. yeah. And I would also rate it 8 out of 10 coffee beans. Yes. Woohoo. Thank you so much much rad coffee yeah we fucking love you i want all your merch i want all your things i want one of your one of your people to be my personal coffee maker i want your truck yeah and basically like i commented on one of your posts if we lived closer we'd be at your shop every damn day literally not we're not joking literally yeah too bad we lived on the fucking east coast yeah we literally literally live on the opposite side of the country from you (laughs) But one day, we will make it out to you. We will. You are part of our coffee tour. Mark our word. (laughs) Our world. (laughs) Rock our world. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. You want to get started? Yes. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Okay. So today, we are switching it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we're not doing a case. We're not doing a haunted place. But we're doing... Urban Legends. Legends. (laughs) Insert cool music. Wait, we just sounded like... Wait, what is that from? I don't know. Forget it. Forget it. But it's it's not Legends of the Hidden Temple. (laughs) It's Urban Legends. Urban Legends. Oh, legend. Wait for it. Dairy. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, what's that from? Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. That man cannot take a bad picture. True. (laughs) 
If you, you know can't. Barney, you know what I'm talking about. So, urban legends, a.k.a. the stories that you told around the fireplace to scare the shit out of your little sister or brother. A.k.a. the stories that made you shit your pants when you were growing up. You all know of them. You, you all know. love them. We've talked about a couple in the past. Yeah, well, like, they're considered, I guess, urban legends slash haunted like slash... stories that have been passed down over the years. Yeah, are they real? Are they not? We'll leave that to you <laughs> to decide. So I think, okay, I'm going to start off with, we each did a couple of them. I'm going to start off with my first one, which is The Legend of Cropsy. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. So this one... <laughs> I chose because it freaked me out the most in the fact that there was parts of the urban legend that actually came true. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the scariest thing for me, like, things that are actually true or possible in life. Mm -hmm. Possible in life. You can accomplish these things. In life. Yes. So, the legend of Cropsy. Um, This was actually a popular urban legend to those that lived in Staten Island in New York City. Cropsy was Staten Island's version of the boogeyman, basically. Mm -hmm. The legend says that Cropsy was a man that escaped the local mental hospital, and he was rumored to be a serial killer that haunted children. Ooh. Yeah. He was said to um, have a hook for a hand, and that when he saw children, he would drag them into the tunnel system that was under the abandoned tuberculosis sanitarium. So he was basically like the sewer Captain Hook. Yeah, like he would hide in the woods and steal children and bring them into this tunnel system. And it was actually under the Seaview Hospital. Um, that was a place that was actually, you know, it was yeah. actually there. So he was rumored to steal these children if they came into the woods. Cropsy was actually used as a scare tactic to many children in the area, which I can see. Parents By their to- parents? Literally, behavior cropsy. Like, they're gonna, like, oh, I'm gonna call the cops on you. But no, they were like, cropsy will get you. Mm -hmm. They said that parents used to tell their kids that if they were bad, cropsy would get them, which is (laughs) fucked up, but funny at the same time. If you want to ruin your child, tell them cropsy will come. (laughs) Or anyone. (laughs) Like, (laughs) if you want to ruin your kid, tell them they can be abducted if they're bad. I know, right? That's fucked up. Yeah. That is not the way to also parent a different, child. Also, different times. Yeah. He said, Sorry if anyone's listening who did that to their kid. I feel like a lot of people probably did. Like, Cropsy will get ya if you're not bad. Like, Santa Claus is watching, but it's Cropsy. <laughs> Ew. I know. It was common. Ew. So, he was also known as a creature that lurks at the end of your block, or a shadowy figure that can be found in playgrounds. Ew. <laughs> The legend of Cropsy actually inspired a 1981 slasher movie called The Burning. Mm. Yeah. So Never this is it. this is where it becomes creepy for me, and it's when the legend actually becomes true. In 1980, it was discovered that the legend of Cropsy had become true, and Andre Rand was a homicidal man that ac- actually did hunt children in the area. Ew. What was his name? Andre Rand. Ah. Uh. Yeah. He worked as a janitor at the Willowbrook State School on Staten Island. Ew! So he was literally, like, scanning his victims as he worked. Yes. And this place was horrible. The Willowbrook State School. So it was a school basically built for children with intellectual disabilities. Oh, my God. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so fucked up. I know. So they brought kids that had... Intellectual, like, learning disabilities, and this is where they were put. 
Oh my god, that makes me sick. Yeah, it was later revealed to be an actual living hell in the 1970s, but the um, school didn't close down until 1987. Seriously, though? Yeah. Like, people, step up. Yeah, it's just horrible what happened to these kids here. They were, they went to school, um, and they were victims of sexual abuse. Oh my god, I Severe can't. overcrowding unsanitary conditions, and corporal punishment. They might as well put them in the Trans-Allegheny... Lunatic Asylum? Yeah. Yeah, I know. For really? It's for, just, for really? For really? For really? For really? I was like, Alex. For really? <laughs> for really. No, that's fucked up. I'm, like, I'm laughing at the for really, not at the situation. It's so fucked up. So, basically, these kids had mental, you know, disability or learning disability, and they dropped... Their parents abandoned them here. I'm gonna throw up. And I actually, I don't know if it was the documentary that I saw, because they do have a documentary that I'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. I remember them saying that some of the things that were considered a mental disability were, like, ADHD. And they had these kids, like, dropped off. I mean, no matter what the level of disability, Mm -hmm. what these kids must have gone through is just fucking awful. It gets worse. And, like... As a child, no matter what, like, no matter what your disability, you're not going to understand why that's happening to you. And why you were dropped off in a literal yeah, hell. Yeah. So, during this period, it was... Burn the bitch down. Burn it down. Burn this place down. Burn Willowbrook. So, during the this period, there was a lot of hepatitis research going on, and the medical staff knowingly injected these children with hepatitis to basically experiment on them. Because nobody wanted Kelsey, these kids. Kelsey, you need to stop. I don't want to hear anymore. I know. This is disgusting. I know. This is... How does it get worse? How is this guy even worse than what they're doing to the kids as a facility? They... How do you knowingly inject innocent children with hepatitis? And obviously a lot of them became sick and died from it. Disgusting. I hate, well, every single person involved, I hope, went to jail for this. And the reason that the public really didn't know about what was going on inside the school is because... I'm going to throw up. The children were dropped off at the school, and they were abandoned by their family. Their family never came back. They so, like, their care. parents weren't checking in. They didn't they were, care. Yeah. They were just dropped off, and these people were given free reign to do whatever they there wanted There was no these kids. one looking out for these kids. That's so sad. No. Not until 1972, when Geraldo Riviera published an expose on what happened inside the Willowbrook State School, and then it was officially closed down 15 years later, like I said, in 1987. After he exposed them? He exposed them in 1972, and then it closed down 15 years later. Why the fuck did it take that long? Give me a time machine. Let me go back in time and save these children, But 1987, I mean, you. I feel like that was a time where, like, there, it should have been more, like, forward-thinking about this kind of stuff. Like, what happened? Yeah. You it's know? not like it's, like, the 1800s right. or the early 1900s. Right. It should have been more, I don't know. I want to go back in time and help these kids and burn that motherfucker to the ground. And... Yeah. So, that was a little side note about the school. So, again, Andre Rand, who is the real-life Cropsy, was a janitor at the school and he lived homeless at a campsite on the grounds of the abandoned school. So, oh my god, why was he living there? He was homeless. He decided to just camp out after the um But how did they allow Oh, it was abandoned already. I was yeah. going to say how did they allow that? Like how Maybe he lived in there before. I'm but not sure. even if it was abandoned, 
if it, like, isn't it state property and illegal for him to just be, like, living in He's that... probably just, like, squat, like, squatting. Like, they didn't even they know. They didn't know. Yeah. So, where he was living was actually not far from the Seaview Hospital, which is the location of where the legend of Cropsey, like, originated. They said that he grabbed children and he lived and brought them under the, um, like, tunnels of Seaview Hospital. So where he was living at the abandoned Willowbrook School was not far at all from Seaview Hospital. They were, like, kind of accurate. Yeah. But worse. Like, who the fuck came up with this legend and, like, how did it become true? Like, did a child escape and tell someone and they didn't believe them and then it became, like, a A legend? Like, a folktale? Yeah. Or, like... Did he, was he sick and twisted and started it and told someone? I don't know. I'm going to say, though, that Andre Rand is another whole deep dive in itself. This was more about the urban legend and how it became true. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what happened. Uh-huh. But Maybe if we can do that another yeah, time Yeah, if something. it's interesting for people, we can do a deep dive on him as well. Uh. So Andre Rand was eventually arrested in connection with the disappearance of Jennifer who was 12 years old at the time, and she had Down syndrome. Oh, my God. I, I can't. My heart. I know. Her name was it's Jennifer Schweiger. It's honestly going to make me cry. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> and she she couldn't even defend herself. I mean, it's just horrible. It's fucking sickening. A month after Jennifer's disappearance, her body was found in a shallow grave on the, ba- on the grounds of the abandoned Willowbrook School. Poor baby. Her body was actually discovered by a fireman who saw a small foot in the woods coming from the earth. No. Yeah. They did so many searches for this, for Jennifer and for the other girls that I'll talk about in a minute that it was just horrible. Was it all, um, well maybe you'll get into it. I was going to say, was it all like girl, like little girls that? Yeah. Yeah. So he had like a. He had like a, a little girl. Well, one of them wasn't a girl, but. It was more of um, the innocence in the people, I think, uh-huh. and the, um, how do, like, not the ignorance, but, like, they just didn't know, like, what was going on like and how to pray- defend themselves. Like, he preyed upon their disabilities. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Or just being young in itself. Just being a kid and trusting. Yeah. Yeah. So, prior to Andre Rand being arrested for Jennifer's murder... He spent 16 months in jail for attempted sexual assault on a nine-year-old girl in 1969. 16 months! God, it should have been more than that. Like we've mentioned in past episodes, there are obviously things about the system that work and and there are things that fucking don't. And that is definitely, like, how do you oversee things like that? And then most of the time when people are in for a short stay like that, they go out and do something worse. Well, listen to this. Okay? You don't rehabilitate a brain in 16 months if that's, if, like, you're... That's what your if you're concern like, is. Yeah, if you're, like, thinking this person's gonna rehabilitate themselves. That's not gonna happen in freaking 16 months. No. This next thing happened in 1983, and remember that the hospital closed down in 1987, so that was around the time that he, you know, decided to take Jennifer. Mm-hmm. So, in 1983, he went to jail again for kidnapping an entire bus full of children from the YMCA and driving them to the airport. Why was he taking them to the airport? Probably to take them with him to a different country or somewhere where he could escape. What the fuck? And it was found that he... I don't know the details on it exactly, but I think they basically... He basically made up, like, oh... 
I didn't know, like, where it was taking them, or I didn't know, like... But he wasn't a bus driver. He shouldn't have been taking them anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just waltzed onto the bus and mistakenly took a busload of children to the airport. Literally. So, that was the next thing, and for some reason that wasn't enough to imprison him long enough again. Of course. He was thought to be associated with four other Staten Island disappearances. Alice Pereira, who was five years old, disappeared in 1972. Oh, God. Holly Ann Hughes, who was seven years old, disappeared in 1981. She was last seen with Andre Rand on the day of her disappearance. Oh, my God. Um... I think I'm saying this right, but I apologize if I if I mess up this name. Um, Tia Hees Jackson, who was 11 years old, Aww. disappeared in 1983. Angels. And Hank Gaffario, who was 22 years old, was mentally disabled, and he was last <gasps> seen with Rand at dinner in 1984. Oh, oh my God, that breaks my heart. And I mean, to this day, none of those bodies have been found. Oh my God, what the hell? Yeah. That many fucking people between the time of 1972 and 1984. Did they, like, dig up the area around where he lived? Yeah. The heck? Yeah. There's a documentary called Cropsy, and I think it's on um, Amazon Prime Mm -hmm. because I watched it a long time ago. Yeah. It's not that new. Yeah. But it talks about everything and how they literally searched and will not stop searching for these missing people. Well, I'm glad they won't stop searching because they definitely deserve justice. So, moving on to the court case, Rand was found guilty for kidnapping Jennifer but cannot be connected to her death. So, he was sadly only sentenced to 25 years in prison because there was no way of connecting him to her death, just the disappearance of her. Kinks in the system. How is that even, like... Clearly, he's reoffended multiple times. Mm-hmm. Put the guy away. Well, it gets it gets better, and not in his favor. Okay, good. He was he would have been eligible for a parole in two thousand and eight, but in two thousand and four, new evidence was brought forward linking him to the disappearance of Holly Ann Hughes, which was the other little girl. Mm-hmm. An inmate of Rand's took notes of conversations he had with Rand, in which he described in detail the abduction of Holly. And then that inmate brought it forward. And it's a reliable source? I mean, I guess it's reliable because he was then given another 25-year sentence for kidnapping her, and he'll not be eligible for parole until 2037 when he will be 93 years old. Okay, I was just going to ask, how old will he be then? Yeah. I hate you, person. Andre (laughs) Andre. Rand, a.k.a. real-life Cropsy. You're a fucking asshole, and I didn't want to, like, say that if there was a chance of him getting out and coming to... I know, and coming to kill us. No, he will not get out, and if he is, we can defend ourselves against a 93-year-old in 2037. Yeah, I'll just push you over with my pinky. (laughs) So, that's the legend of Cropsy come to life, and if I was a kid in Staten Island, whenever this was an urban legend before all this came to light... Mm -hmm. And now, knowing the truth of it, I would shit my pants. And ask your mom and dad why they told you that story. Like, why did you threaten my life (laughs) with with Cropsy? When he literally could have taken you as a child. Yeah. That's so screwed up. Again, there's probably a lot 
there is a lot more detail on that, but I just wanted to go from the urban legend side of it and not the real life side of it. Yeah. Um, but we can do more in the future. Ugh. Creepy. Shivers down the spine. <laughs> so, the first urban legend that I'm covering today is the Mothman. Have you ever heard about Mothman? I have not, and let me just say that the name just makes me want to, like, I have chills. Mothman. Blech. Yeah, is his face a moth or something? He's very dusty. Ew! <laughs> is that why it's called? No. Oh. I'll get into it. Don't okay, worry. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, now I'm afraid he's going to come after me. Okay. Ew. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you dusty. <laughs> Please, right. dear Mothman. Yeah. So I'm going to start with some background. It's a West Virginia urban legend. This creature is seen in the Point Pleasant, West Virginia area. Okay. There are frequent... Frequent sightings that were reported from November 15th, 1966, that's when it started, Mm -hmm. to December 15th, 1967. So it was, like, basically a year's worth of people seeing this. Okay. Um, And I'll get into, there's more recent sightings as well, but that was when the big, like, news about it was. The big chunk. Yeah. So there were two legends from Shawnee lore that mention creatures closely resembling the Mothman. So it kind of, they think maybe this is where it could have originated from, or there was something similar, or... Like it got twisted? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So these legends were, and I hope I pronounced this right because I tried looking the one up and I couldn't really find any pronunciation on it, mm-hmm. Messignua and Wapi legends. Okay. So the legends of, the legend of Messignua was a description of Mothman that was similar, and but it was more similar to, like, the description of Bigfoot, in a way. But And they used ceremonial dress during the bread dance. That was that had to do with that. Okay. And then the Wapi legend is part of Shawnee lore, and a family of Native Americans chose to become white hawks living in the forest near Point Pleasant. So that's, that's similar to the Mothman. Okay. And you'll see why. So... We're like, uh, is that related? Okay. Or, like, did those legends turn into this? Or is this completely unrelated? Okay. All right. So, now I'm going to get into the sightings. The first sighting was November 12th, 1966. And some, there's, like, discrepancy that this was the first recorded sighting. And then the second one I get into in, on November 15th is also kind of known as the first sighting, so that's a discrepancy. December, okay. Yeah. So, November 12th, 1966, it was near Clendenin, West Virginia, mm-hmm. and there were five men in a cemetery preparing a grave for a burial, and they saw something lifting off from the nearby trees. They described it as a brown-winged creature, and Ew. they said it was not a bird, it was a humanoid, which is like a combination between a human and something else. Ew. Yeah. Lifting off from a branch? From a, yeah, from like a tree. Ew. From trees. So then, then the next recorded sighting was November 15th, 1966. And two couple, two couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette, told police they saw a large gray creature. So here's the story about what they saw. Ew. They were driving in Roger's black 57 Chevy, Bel Air, through the area around midnight. 
Linda noticed two large red eyes in the darkness by North Power Plant and screamed, and then everyone else, like, turned and looked and saw it. Plot twist. It was Bernie Sanders. <laughs> with red eyes? <laughs> or wait, he, he was just... Meme. Or he was just sitting with his mittens. He was sitting with his mittens. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they said its eyes, quote, glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up, which Ew. kind of can be any animal, I mean. Yeah. With headlights shining into them, you know? Yeah. But... They also said, quote, large flying man with 10-foot wings. That's what it looked like. Ew. Yeah. It looked human. It looked about seven feet tall. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Its wings were first folded against its back, and then it, like, spread its wings and followed their car while they were driving in an area outside of the town. Oh, my God. I would die. Yeah. It said it, like, kind of, it was chasing them down Highway 62. At speeds exceeding 100 miles per hour. Oh, my God. It's a fast mafia. <laughs> yeah. Ew. And they were just, like, flooring it because they were terrified, obviously. So then they were in this area known as, quote, the TNC, TNT area. Uh-huh. And this was the site of a former World War II munitions plant. And it was also, it's, like, also known as the Old West Virginia Ordnance Works. Okay. So it's in this, basically... It's known as the TNT area. Okay. And the largest number of sightings, as we get further down the line, were here at this place. Ew, why did he live there? Maybe that's where he lived. It was, like, an abandoned, like, munitions plant. go there because it's abandoned. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Stranger Things. Gross. How that guy was, like, leading people to that abandoned building and stuff. Billy or whatever his name is. Yeah. So... They got back to town after they were, like, speeding away from him. They got back to town, and all of a sudden, they had no sign of the creature. Like, as soon as they left, like, he was chasing them, and they got out of that area, kind of, mm-hmm. and there was no sign of the creature. So, they were <laughs> like, okay, maybe it was a bird. Like, they were freaked out, but then they were second-guessing themselves, kind of. Right. And so, they once again drove towards the TNT area to try to... Why? Because... <laughs> Why? Why do people do stupid shit like that? I don't know. I guess they because they were second guessing themselves and they're like, wait, were we kind of just imagining this? Let's see if it happens again, kind oh my of thing. God. <laughs> so they drove towards the TNT area and they saw the creature again and it was waiting beside Route 62. Like imagine, waiting for them to come back. Imagine a monstrosity of a human bird just standing there. No. Ew. <laughs> so they realized it wasn't just a bird. They were like, Oh, the second time around seeing it, it's not just a bird. Definitely not just on drugs. With its seven-foot body and ten-foot wingspan. So the car's headlights hit it, Uh like, shined on it, and it took off really quickly and disappeared above the trees. Like, it kind of got scared off, I guess. Can you imagine seeing something like that? Yeah. So, well, no, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So then they went to the Mason County Courthouse and told their story to Sheriff George Johnson and Deputy Miller Halstead. And the city police obviously went out, investigated the area, found nothing. Yeah. So a press conference was held the next day and the story was printed. The first newspaper report was printed in the Point Pleasant Register, November 16th, 1966, and the title is fucking amazing. It was titled, Couples See Man-Sized Bird, <laughs> Creature, Something. <laughs> wow, that was, that's A-plus for effort there. Yeah, they're like, was it a bird? Was it a creature? It was something else. We don't know. Yeah, something from the beyond. So it became national news. It, the story, like, took off. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
So November 16th, 1966, Linda Scarberry, which was one of the women in the couples, yeah. was rushed to the hospital by her father. She experienced a nervous breakdown. She was, like, traumatized. Yeah, I would be, too, if I yeah. saw that thing. Yeah. And Roger Scarberry, which was her husband, stated, quote, I'm a hard guy to scare, but last night I was forgetting out of there. Yeah. So he was also, like, terrified. Oh, my God. Yeah. Days later, people continued to come forward reporting similar things. Two volunteer firemen said they saw, quote, large bird with red eyes. <laughs> Contractor Newell Partridge told Mason County Sheriff George Johnson that when he aimed a flashlight at a creature in a nearby field, its eyes glowed, quote, like bicycle reflectors. Ew. So they were fucking big. Bright and... <laughs> big, beady red eyes. Gross. On yeah. a giant man bird. Yeah. So... Um, he blamed buzzing noises from his television set and the disappearance of his German Shepherd dog on the creature. Oh. Yeah. It is dogs? I fucking hope not. God. Yeah. Sheriff Johnson said he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron that he turned a shite poke. (laughs) Wait, what? He, like, believed that it was a heron. A really big heron. That's bullshit. That he called and he knows a it. shite poke. That's bullshit, and he knows it. Sheriff Johnson, that was a crock of shite. <laughs> a crock of shite. A crock of shite poke. So, wildlife biologist Robert L. Smith, he was a biologist at West Virginia University, told reporters that descriptions and sightings fit the Sandhill Crane. And the Sandhill Crane is not from that region. Really? Yeah. So he's saying, like, oh, it could be this bird, but this, that but, bird wasn't even from that region. And birds don't have human heads and bodies. Well, we didn't say it was a human head. Oh. I was picturing a full-ass human and then just giant wings. Well, it could be, but I'll get into that later. Okay. But, yeah, it's seven feet tall, and they yeah. said it, like, was a humanoid. So it must have had qualities of a human, you know? Ew. But we didn't mention it. Humanoid. Okay. <laughs> So, basically, everyone's making up excuses, like, it could be this bird, it could be this kind of bird, Mm -hmm. whatever. So, Joe Nickel, which is a paranormal investigator, says it can be sightings of barn owls, because barn owls are seven feet tall. And their wings are ten feet Yeah, come on, guy. So, Mothman's, quote, glowing eyes, this is what he said, were actually the red eye effect caused from the reflection of light from flashlights or other bright light sources, which, okay, maybe, I'll give that to him. Yeah. Right? Could be an animal. Yeah, like an animal. They have red eyes. Yeah, but usually I feel like that happens with a camera when you take a picture and not when you... When you flash Shine a flashlight. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'll give that one to him, but I don't think it was a barn owl. Yeah. So December 15th, 1967, we're getting closer to the end of the... People going crazy with sightings. Right. The Point Pleasant Silver Bridge collapsed and 46 people died. What? Yeah. The legend resurfaced and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. So they're basically saying... He did it. Possibly. Or, like, because people were saying that they saw the Mothman right before the bridge collapsed. So they're either saying he did it... Or, like, distracted them... I don't want to ruin the okay. theories yet, so I'm not going to say anything yet. Okay. okay. So, also, tales of the Mothman 
attacking the roofs of parked cars occupied by teenagers Ew. were going around. So they're like, it's attacking the cars as it's driving. Could you imagine? Yeah. Like, it's swooping down trying to, like, literally lift the length of the car. Yeah. So between 1966 and 1967, at least 100 people reported to have seen the Mothman with many more, quote, afraid to report their sightings. I would be afraid. Yeah. But it's like, is this a hype? Are people joining the bandwagon? Right, or is you know? it real? Yeah. So Mothman witnesses were also harassed by the men in black who wanted them not to speak about the creature. This is another part of the legend. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so these was men it in the black government getting knew? involved? The men in black were, like, protecting the They were man? like, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could have been. Dun, dun, dun. So 1975, this is almost ten years later mm-hmm. since last sighting, not eight years later, um, author, Judge, or author John Keel popularized the local urban legend with his book, quote, well, not quote, it's a book. Uh-huh. I just put quotations around because that's what you do with a book. <laughs> His book, The Mothman Prophecies. Ooh. And this was turned into a movie in 2002. I've never seen it. Me either. Which is weird because I, like, love scary movies. The like Mothman that. Prophecies. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if that's that. what it's called, but that's the book it's based on. Okay. I'm assuming that's what it's called. 2016. What? <laughs> that's way too close to comfort. <laughs> WCHS-TV published a photo claimed to be of Mothman taken by an anonymous man while driving on Route 2. Ew. He saw something jump from tree to tree, so he pulled over and took pictures, and the creature appears to have wings with pointed tips and long legs bent at an awkward angle. Oh my god, that's enough for me. It's the devil. <laughs> 2017. We're getting even more close for comfort, Kelsey. No, I'm Th- looking at pictures of him. <laughs> 2017, there were 55 sightings of Mothman in Chicago. What the fuck? So he's moved from that's West Virginia of- to Chicago. Wow, he travels fast. Yeah. That's a lot of reports, though. Yeah. UFOlogists, we love that word. <laughs> Go back to our Area 51 episode to see how much we love that love word. Love that profession. UFOlogists, paranormal authors, and cryptozoologists. So obviously they study like cryptoids. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know what a, or a cryptid, I'm sorry. If anyone doesn't know what a cryptid is, Mothman is an example of a cryptid. Can we just, I'm looking at pictures and all of these sculptures of him make him have like an eight pack and I think it's hysterical. <laughs> He is fucking ripped. Mothman is ripped <laughs> as shit. If he didn't have wings and, like, a really creepy combination of animal and human, <laughs> people would probably find him attractive. Probably. <laughs> All right. So, the ufologists, paranormal authors, and cryptozoologists claim Mothman was an alien, a supernatural manifestation, or a previously unknown species of animal. Ugh. Local Carolyn Harris has owned the Mothman Diner in Point Pleasant for 48 years. Why would she? Okay. Because, obviously, like, they're kind of monetizing on it. Yeah. Yeah. And she also helped start the Mothman Festival. Yes, there is a Mothman Festival. Oh, God. (laughs) Should we go? Yeah, I kind of want to. Let's make that part of our tour. Okay. (laughs) Mothman Festival. Part of our coffee tour. Yeah. So, a description of what people have seen this Mothman to look like. 
He's bipedal, so he walks on two legs. Yeah, gross. Like a human. Mm-mm. He's a winged humanoid. <laughs> He's actually not moth-like. They describe him as more like a large humanoid owl. Like, he was just dubbed the Mothman because that's kind of what the newspapers picked up, and it, they just went with it. Okay. Like, that's what kind of what, like, media named him, Gross. in a way. Yeah. Um, his coloration ranges from black to gray to even brown, but it's usually the darker shades people describe him as. Mm-hmm. He's about seven feet tall, like I said, with a wingspan of about 10 to 15 feet or more. Ugh. He can fly over 100 miles per hour. He's sometimes described as not having a head. Oh, my God. With the two huge red eyes set in his chest. What the actual fuck? If I saw anything like that... You'd scream bloody murder and pass out? Yeah. Yeah. How could you survive? (laughs) How could you survive how loud you would scream? My throat would hurt so bad. I would combust upon screaming. I would combust. Um, His eyes are glowing or at least reflective. Details of his face and feet which is disgusting, like, have never been adequately described. Like, people have never fully seen his face or his feet. Ew. Why his feet? Maybe because he's so fast. Maybe he's like, has three toes. He's embarrassed. He's embarrassed, and he doesn't like to show his feet. He puts socks on. (laughs) He puts fuzzy socks on for comfort. (laughs) Um, Please don't kill me, Mom. One witness who said they saw the face clearly could only say that the details were horrible and monstrous. Like, they could not describe it. They were just like, it was absolutely fucking horrible and monstrous. Like, no words like, to describe it. I have, I cannot compare this to anything. Ugh. Anyone getting a close look at the Mothman seems to suffer from extreme fear and psychological distress. I would, too. And this can sometimes last for months or years afterwards. Like, these people are fucked like, up from PTSD. this. PTSD. Yeah. People say that a sense of pure evil overcomes them when they see Mothman's eyes, That's which kind it, of is a discrepancy, though, because if you're not seeing his... Well, no, if it's in his, his chest, chest yeah. yeah. That's what I feel like it's, like, a paranormal entity as well, because though like they have the ability to, like, make you feel certain ways. Like, uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, sick to your stomach. Yeah. He can fold his wings and walk with a... He walks with a weird shuffle, like, Penguin from Batman. <laughs> like... <laughs> Shuffling, which would kind of make me laugh. Like, he has a shuffling like, gait. Yeah. I mean, not laugh at him, because I would never laugh at someone who walks that way, but, like, it's but this it's monster, Mothman. but he's shuffling. That's his weakness. Yeah. That's his kryptonite. He yeah. can't walk, right? Yeah. He unfolds his wings, and when he flies, he shoots straight up in the air first with great speed, and then kind of, like, evens out and flies. Oh, Which God. is terrifying. No wonder people have mental issues afterwards. I yeah. So... Part of this urban legend is, is he a bad omen? He's believed to be a bad omen because, like I said before with the bridge, and you were like, what is that supposed to mean? Did he do it? He appears when catastrophe is about to strike. Oh. So he's kind of warning people about disasters that are about to happen. Kind of like when people see this one figure or person whenever they're when death something is about bad's to gonna happen. happen. Yeah. <gasps> so they're like, is he a bad omen or in a way is he good because he's like giving a warning kind right. of? So here's some examples of when he was seen and things that happened. Okay. There was a mine in Freiburg, Germany. Or Freiburg. I'm probably not saying right because it needs, like, an accent with mm-hmm. it. 
Um, a Mothman-like creature scared miners away shortly before a collapse. So that's where um, it worked in their favor. Yeah. Right? Like, he warned them. Right. Or is he an omen? Right. Because that's gonna happen, and they just happen to, like, freak out, run out of the mine, and then it collapsed. Yeah. A new... Okay. Some people may have heard of Chernobyl. Yeah. Some people may have not. Maybe we'll cover that in the future. Scary as shit. Nuclear plant at Chernobyl. A creature haunted the facilities for a while before the famous nuclear meltdown. Wait, I've heard about that, but I didn't know it was related to Mothman. They believe it was Mothman. Yeah. Two Mothman pictures, get this, were taken in New York on 9-11. <gasps> I have the chills. Doesn't that, like, hit home because that actually was, like, we were around for that. Oh, my God. You know? There's two Mothman pictures. Uh, from that day? Yes. Like, before the Taken in New York hit? on 9-11. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God, I have the chills. Yeah, right? Maybe Mothman's good. <sighs> Maybe he's warning us. Or is he negative energy bringing that shit to happen? Like, True. Or is he a fucking urban legend that doesn't even exist? <laughs> Are we wasting yeah. our time? No, I like So, this. there were multiple sightings before of Mothman before the Minnesota Bridge collapse. God. And there only seems to be one Mothman, so they're thinking, is it an angel? Is it a demon? Or is it the product of a blood curse placed upon the town by Chief Cornstalk? Do you remember Chief <gasps> Cornstalk? Yes! I mentioned him in episode six Wait. in regards to Lake Shawnee. I knew it. I was going to say, wasn't that your haunted place? Yes. Was it a blood curse placed oh by Chief Cornstalk? Oh, my God. Yeah, like how I weaved that in there. Yeah, I really do. Did you know that before you did Mothman? No. Okay. Or was it something paranormal since it can kind of, it's one thing, it's been around these this many years, it and it can yeah. go, like, anywhere, pretty much? Oh, my God. Don't come here, Mothman. Or, I'm definitely going to butcher this, was it, or is it, and an, an neuro- Gnathid pterosaur. A dinosaur. <laughs> and that and it lived on. is the moth. That man. was creepy. I really, I think he's a combination of a paranormal entity. So he's never human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Or like. Like a curse that animal. was placed. Yeah, maybe. Cause but like, is he good or bad? Is he giving warning for people to get out? Or is, or is, he, bringing is he bringing it? it? I feel like he actually... Or is he not real at all? People are just saying they see this thing. Are they? Are people trying to, like, rationalize bad things in their mind and making up the Mothman? Yeah. So something that I'm also going to just include with our resources and stuff that we put... Yeah. There is a Mothman museum. Where? I'm assuming West Virginia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and literally they have so much shit in this museum and I'm putting a link for that online if anyone would like to check it out or go one day. And then I also have a link for the Mothman Festival <laughs> that I mentioned. Wow. Yeah. That was cool. Thanks. Can we pause before your next one? Because I have to pee for the 12th time today. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I think it's because. Pee. I think it's because... I had wine last night, and now today I've been drinking so much I coffee. I had wine last night, too. Too many fluids. Okay, so we are back. 
Bryn's done peeing. My bladder has issues. <laughs> and it, she literally hey, has peed like 10 times. I guess I'm like pretty hydrated though. Yeah. Uh-huh. True. Yeah. On coffee. Maybe overhydrated. <laughs> yeah. So my next urban legend is called the ghost town of Lake Lanier. Ooh. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So it's located in Georgia and it's northeast of the city of Atlanta. And basically, it's a popular lake for boating and water sports. Um, The lake was actually man-made, and it was created in the 1950s by flooding the valley communities, which once included 250 families, 50 businesses, and 20 cemeteries. That's really screwed up. Yeah. So, the legend has it that the lake... It's almost like the movie Holes. Yeah, I know. They, like, drain the lake and stuff. Yeah. So, the legend has it that the lake is now cursed because of the angry spirits from the graves being flooded. Oh, my God. I'll get into that in a second. But, um, so the lake is now 80 to 100 feet deep in some areas. And the waters are extremely murky and it's it's really creepy. Oh, God. Ew. Yeah. So, before the lake was made, it was a town that was fertile and there were, you know, the communities thrived there. Uh But the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers wanted to create a lake to provide Atlanta and surrounding counties with power, water, and flood control. So, basically, by flooding this town, it was a solution for the bigger, like, Atlanta and bigger cities. Doesn't make any fucking sense, but okay. The government offered locals money for their farmland, so, like, they bought off people Mm -hmm. from living there let me like pay you to displace you yeah exactly and they couldn't refuse the offer like what are they gonna do yeah the people of the town had feelings of fear anxiety anger resentment and apprehension because they felt that their land was priceless which i don't blame them i'd be pissed too yeah it's like where you live (laughs) yeah and somebody's trying to buy it off you the government the army corps of engineers demolished everything they considered to be dangerous such as uprooted trees barns, um, wooden structures that could eventually float, and watercraft. So basically, there was whole forests that were destroyed in this, and the trees were cut off at a certain height, but they were still left, like, really tall. And this was, you know, a lake was supposed to be built over top of this, like, flood. Like, how do you compensate for the trees and the animals that lost their lives and their homes? Yeah. Huh? Huh? And it's a big lake. And not to compare apples to oranges, but at least they were paying these people money and not just taking the fucking land like they did the Native Americans. True, true, true. So, some of the marked graves were actually relocated because they were able to identify the people but some of the unmarked graves were left behind. And um, that's who Caesar Yabor said that he was the spokesman for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. He said that there was just some that were, you know, relocated with the whole bodies and everything and some that weren't because they weren't identified. That's awful. Yeah. A car racing track was left behind. And I actually watched a video that said when there's drought and, like, the drought comes through, the racetrack is visible. With, like, the stands and everything. Oh, my God. How creepy. That's eerie. 700 families sold a total of 56,000 acres to the government, and they built a dam on the Chattahoochee River. I love that it's the Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee, mama. (laughs) In order to fill the town with water. The land filled with water in 1956, and the town completely vanished. 
Oh my god, it's disturbing. Today, the lake has 625 billion gallons of water, which is equivalent to 950,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. I still don't understand why they needed to, like, why they need this. It was for water for, like, the bigger cities. Like, oh. To, like, save so the water. So, kick out the little people. Yeah. To, oh. For Atlanta. And then flood control. And then also, um, there was something else. Oh, hydraulic power for, because they use the dam for hydraulic power. I mean, why not just find somewhere else? I know. Why not just, like, find a spot or a location where you're not kicking people out of their homes and, and just drowning an entire town? Yeah. Like I said, when the water levels drop during a drought, submerged roads, tire parts, and other artifacts are exposed. Oh, God, that's so... Dis- Isn't that creepy? It's like a ghost town underwater. It literally is. Yeah, that's really disturbing. So I'll get into the deaths that happen on this lake. More than 200 people have died swimming and in boating accidents since 1994. And I there was about 600 deaths total since the and like, lake what if, opened. And what if you go in this lake... And you jump in and you land on top of something that's, like, under the water that's part of the town, like a roof or something. Like, it has happened. Ew. Guess that... Okay, you're not gonna believe this. The Netflix series Ozark was filmed on this lake. Shut the fuck up. Now you know why it's so, like, fucking eerie I love Ozark, but that makes me sad. I don't like that. I know. Why did they choose that? Because it's eerie and, like... But what if... Okay, let's say, um, wait, what's his name in the show? I can't, I think right now I'm thinking of Jason Bateman. He's the actor. What's the guy's name in the show? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. The dad. Yeah, the dad. What if he's, like, driving a motorboat a lot of the time in that show and stuff? What if he hit into the roof of a house or whatever? Well, it's not. It's more so, like, I'll Like, get further out yeah. or whatever? Okay. So, this is a sample of just some Marty, of the Marty Bird. Marty. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Marty Bird. This is just a sampling of some of the deaths that happened on the lake. In 2011, there was a total of 17 deaths that year, and many were freak accidents. Oh my god, it's awful. June 18th, 2012, nine-year-old Jake Prince and brother Griffin were riding a pontoon when they were struck and killed by a speedboat. It's just, like, weird freak accidents that happen. Because that lake is probably cursed. Yeah. July 9th of the same year... 11-year-old Kyle Glover, who is actually the son of Usher's ex-wife, Tamika Foster, was hit by a jet ski while he was tubing, and then he was basically brain-dead from that point on and then died two weeks later. Oh my god, how awful. Yeah. Wait, just go back for a sec. How old were the kids driving the pontoon? Nine and what? Um, the pontoon boat? Um, nine and thirteen. They were operating a pontoon by That's themselves? I don't understand, unless they were on it, and then it got struck, but I don't, I saw that too, and I was like, wait. But because anyway, they were killed. Little, like, kids that age out on a lake by themselves, that's sketchy as it is. Yeah, they shouldn't be driving a pontoon. <laughs> Not to parent. <laughs> there were actually tons, tons more of deaths, like I said, but a lot of people are attributing it to... The extreme popularity of this lake, they, mm-hmm. there's more than 8 million visitors per year. Holy shit. So, so it's like the combination like of that plus, like, alcohol plus water vehicles plus a cursed lake. It just And like, now it's probably even more popular because of the show Ozark if people exactly. find it out, you know. So some creepy things that happen on the lake. 
Over the years, divers report creepy sightings in the water. They've seen catfish as big as Volkswagens. Ew! I don't know how true that is, but it scared me. Ew, I don't like catfish as it is. Yeah. Sunken houseboats. Stories of boats hitting something in open water and then nothing being there. Yeah, probably the fucking roof of a house. Or like a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Boats and watercrafts capsizing without reason. Again, same thing. Mm-hmm. Hitting something that's part of that was part of the town underneath the Literally. lake. Literally, many of the drowning cases were really strange in that they happened really close to shore where the waters were calm, and then body is- their bodies like turned up in areas that were far from where they drowned. That is really odd. Yeah, and like, there's no. Is there like an undercurrent in a lake? No, right. Oh. Especially in- unless there's, unless I'm. Um, it's like wakes from boats yeah but that's not pulling you under that's just like people say that they feel like they're being pulled under the water and held there by unseen hands like a riptide or whatever that wouldn't happen in a in a lake right diver buck buchanan tells media that he felt body parts in the lake like arms and legs while he was diving and when you reach out to touch them they don't move why what do you, you mean they don't move? Like, it's, like, not just, like, a floating arm. Like, it's connected to something. Like yeah, a, a fucking body. body that's under the water. Uh-huh. Ew. And, like, they didn't recover this body if it was real body? Well, I think it was, like, haunt, like a haunted thing. Like a... Like, I don't know. Like an apparition, but, but solid at right. that moment? Ew. In April of 1958, a Ford sedan with two women in it crashed and went off the bridge into the lake. Oh, Jesus. Let's just add to the body count down there. I know. Poor, oh, my God. That's awful. One of the women was were, was Delia Parker Young, and the other was Susie Roberts. And it was later found out that it was Susie's car, um, and it was a 1954 Ford. No vehicle was found in the lake due to poor visibility, so, like, they checked. Oh, my. But literally, when you go under there, and I think a lot of the ways they explained people drowning was, like, there was so much debris that if you, you can easily get stuck in things. Yeah. That makes me sad. Oh, my God, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. I know. Fisherman C.A. Simpson made a discovery of a de- of a decomposed body of who was thought to be Delia Parker Young. Oh As her God. body surfaced from below randomly. Like, her body just floated up. The body was too decomposed to make a positive identification. It probably got, like, unstuck from whatever it was stuck in. But, weirdly enough, the body was missing two toes from one foot and both of the hands. What the fuck? I was gonna say the toes can be just something down, like, fit. Got fish. caught on some, yeah. Or just, like, something... As bad as it sounds, ate it, but how would both of her hands be missing? Yeah. So in 1990, which was not that long ago, during construction of the, like, they were reconstructing the lake, um, a 1954 Ford was recovered and there was human remains inside of it. Oh my god. The body was too decomposed again to positively identify, but it was thought to have been the body of Susie Roberts, the owner of the Ford. So she must have drowned with the car and were they found in the same like area if it was these I two women know. together i don't know and it was so many years later i'm not sure like yeah that's true could've it could have moved. moved by then anyway yeah. Yeah. um the ghost of one of the uh the ghost of delia parker young was is seen on the bridge 
and in the water wearing a blue dress. Like, this is part of the urban legend. Oh, my God. She's also said to be, like, in a frantic search for her hands, like, wondering why her hands are gone. Stop. Oh, God. I know. Oh, I mean, I don't really want to think about it, but a thought just crossed my mind. What if, like, from the impact... Of the crash. Maybe she, like, braced her herself up. and they, they got ripped off or something. Yeah. Or it wasn't her and that was someone disposed of in that lake that was murdered. Never and, identified. Yeah. Which I don't know how because they have DNA. I don't, I don't. Maybe know. there wasn't enough to get DNA left. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so she's part of the urban legend of Lake Lanier and she's nicknamed the Lady of the Lake and many, many people have seen her like around the lake and near the bridge That's wearing really a blue dress. fucking awful. Yeah. Reports of a small, okay, this part freaked me out. There's been reports of a small raft with a pole on it, mm-hmm. and uh, attached to the pole on top was, like, a lantern. <laughs> Sorry, I just dropped up my coffee. <laughs> Brave. So I need to give you oh, a God. <laughs> okay. No, okay. just get it out. <clears throat> I do not have coronavirus. She okay. just choked on her coffee. Yeah. <clears throat> so there was a small raft that many people had seen, like a boat, like in like a mixture of a boat and a raft. Mm-hmm. And on the front of the boat, you know how like I don't know, like fishermen boats or whatever they they the long poles and then attached to the poles like the lantern. Mm-hmm. So it's just like holding up the lantern, which is like old fashioned, isn't it? Yeah. So a lot of people have seen this raft and then a shadow shadowy figure riding the raft. And pushing it with, like, a long paddle. It's the night watcher. Yeah. It's so so creepy and old-fashioned. This part freaks me out. I can see his little bony hands. I know. (laughs) The figure is said to disappear and reappear all over the lake. One account of two fishermen said they saw the raft at night while they were fishing around 1 a.m. And it was, like, a half a mile away from them, so it was pretty far. But at one point, the shadowy figure screamed something to them and then jumped in off of the raft and into the freezing water and started swimming towards them. Ew! <laughs> Ew! Ew! I know. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. That's so, the most awful out of anything we've talked about. I know. It literally like in this, a in creepy this thing episode. following you, like it, swimming towards you. So, obviously, the fishermen freaked the fuck out. And they pulled their lines from the water and were about to leave, and they looked up and it was gone. Ew. Well, I take that back. Cropsy was, like, super fucked up, but... But... Ew, wait... Oh, so I can there. see it. It's, like, uh, it's all crippled and, like, rowing, and, like, and then it all of a sudden it jumps in, and it's, like... And, it and then like, it's, like, speeding. Speeding yeah. towards you. Ew. Oh. So they pulled their lines up and looked up, and him and the raft were gone. Yeah. Was he gonna latch onto their hook. Ew, I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So that's the legend of Lake Lanier. There's a ton of fucked up stories about it. There's lots of Reddit threads, but like I was not about to read all of those and jump into all of them. But it was all just about how there was like basically a weird fucked up freak accident that happened on the lake. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. And people go there all the time and I read and this part freaked me out I read one reddit thread that was like or maybe it wasn't reddit it was somewhere of somebody talking about how they were like swimming in the lake and all of a sudden they pictured 
an entire town below them and like abandoned and it freaked them the fuck out. That would freak me out. They probably had like a flash of what was, you know. They've gone down to the depths and like looked on a camera, but you can you can't even see anything. Like it's that murky. It's so murky. That's disgusting. And the camera probably gets all like tangled and stuff and I think that the people that were never identified for their grave sites are haunting the people that go on the lake. As they should. Well, not... I mean, they shouldn't really haunt the people that go in the lake because it's not really their haunt fault. The, the army corps. But they probably are pissed off and it's, like, bad energy because of what was done to them. Yeah. That's gross. screwed up. I really don't like that night watcher guy. I know. Ew. And the fact that they filmed the Ozarks there, like, that freaked me out. And that's a big lake. Yeah. It's a huge lake. Yeah. All right. Are you all... That's it? That's it. I'm done. Okay. Last one, guys. Hope you're loving it. Uh, The last one that I'm doing, you may have heard of before. Okay. And this one personally stuck with me throughout my entire life. (laughs) I'm going to call it backseat slash high beams. I'll tell you the first... Backseat isn't the actual name it goes by, but I don't want to, like, ruin it. It kind of gives it away. So, the background of this urban legend, this one's kind of, like, there's not much to it. So, towards the end, I'm going to read something that's a little longer just so it isn't, like, super, super short. Okay. So, the background of this urban legend, Backseat and or you may know of it as High Beams, it's from the United States and United Kingdom. It was first noted by folklorist Carlos Drake in the 1968, or in 1968, in texts collected by Indiana University students. Okay. And it was, so it was circulating at least as early as the late uh, 1960s, if not sooner. Okay. It gained more widespread attention after appearing in a letter to advice columnist, I can't say that word, columnist, (laughs) (laughs) advice columnist. And Landers in 1982. So someone like wrote this into this Ooh. advice lady, which is why would you kind of weird to that though? I don't know. That's just That's odd. Weird. It may have been inspired by a similar case that took place in 1964, where an escaped murderer hid in the backseat of a car, mm. and this murderer was actually shot by the car's owner because the car's owner was actually a police detective. Oh wow! So they jumped into wrong the car. wrong car. <laughs> yeah. So. Here's some, there's three main versions of the legend that I found. The first version of this urban legend is that a woman is driving and being followed by a car or a truck. The person who's, like, pursuing her flashes his high beams and tailgates her, sometimes even ramming into her vehicle. Mm -hmm. And she assumes that she's being stalked by this person, obviously, and rushes home. And then she finally makes it home, gets her car into the garage to be away from this person, and she realizes that the driver was trying to warn her that there was actually a man, either a murderer or an escaped mental patient, hiding in her back seat. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, and each time the man sat up to attack her in the back seat, this driver behind her that was flashing and ramming into her I was actually using his high beams to scare the killer, causing the killer to duck back down. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this version, or a form of this version of the sto- of the urban legend, was actually featured in not- 
1998 movie Urban Legend, which I love. It was like one of my childhood favorites. Um, that movie actually starts with this story. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Let's watch. All right. So version two. This is a little bit different, but has the same concept. A woman stops for gas, and this is the one that I always grew up knowing. Okay. A woman stops for gas, and the attendant asks her to come inside to sort out a problem with her credit card. And she, like, thinks it's kind of creepy at first. She gets, like, a weird vibe from it and refuses to go in. But he insists there's something wrong. Like, he's like, like, you need to come in. You need to come in. Yeah. And she finally goes in, and inside the station, he asks if she knows there's a man in her back seat. Wait, she goes, okay. She goes into the gas yeah, station, and, and says, the attendant's yeah. like, do you know there's a man in your backseat? And it turns out that there was a murderer in the backseat of her car that Thank was gonna kill her. God for the gas station attendant. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. So, this version is seen in a 1998 episode, so obviously 1998 was a popular era for this urban legend. Urban legend. Yeah. Um, it was seen in a 1998 episode of Millennium. The Pest House was the episode, I guess. And then the third version is a woman gets into her car and a crazy person, that's what they refer to it as, a quote unquote crazy crazy person, person. yeah, a crazy person leaps out from nowhere and starts shouting gibberish and slamming their hands on the hood of the car and on the sides of the car, which is like terrifying. The woman manages to escape from them, but no matter how far or which direction she drives in, Every time she stops the car, the same crazed person appears and starts attacking the car. (laughs) The woman then arrives at a a police station and tells police about, like, what's happening and about the person. The police calm her down and offer to drive her back to her house or some other safe place. There's all different versions of this version. Yeah. And when they go with her to get her things from the car, they find a killer hiding behind the driver's seat. Hmm. And the crazed person that was chasing the woman was actually the ghost of one of the killer's victims trying to either warn her or get at the killer that was in the car. What the fuck? Yeah. That's really creepy because, you know, I feel like when I get in my car or, like, when I come home and I go to take a shower, I have to check in the bathroom, like, in the shower to make sure nobody's there Mm -hmm. or, like... At least look in my rear view mirror when I get into yeah. the car. Yeah. Well, what I was going to mention, and I didn't want to ruin it before I told the story. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this story has always stuck with me. I mean, I was watching, uh, I watched scary movies when I was little. Like, I just was always into that. But mm-hmm. this story, this urban legend, for some reason, always really stuck with me. And every time I get into my car, I look at my backseat first. Ew. It, like, freaks me the fuck out. Like, I still, Jeez. I always look in my backseat. I mean, it's possible. Somebody can get into your car. Yeah. Ew. So, in all of the versions of this urban legend, either an attend, some kind of attendant, a lumberjack, a trucker, because there's all different versions, or a scary-looking man, whatever, someone is always, like, the driver mistrusts them without a reason, mm-hmm. but really they want to save her life. Oh, God. Like, the attendant wanted to save her life. The ghost banging on the car wanted to save her life. Like, they mistrusted the wrong person. person kind of thing. Like, so I guess there's just, like, a moral incorporated into it or whatever. Wow. Yeah. That's really actually fucking creepy. Yeah. So, um, 
another part of my childhood, I was obsessed with scary stories to tell in the dark. Do you mm-hmm. know that, those books? Yeah. I loved those book series. Like, besides Goosebumps, they were my absolute favorite. <laughs> and there's a story in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark known as High Beams. And oh. it's based, it's like this urban legend, basically, mm-hmm. in a different way. And I... I'm going to read it just because this was such, like, a short and sweet urban legend. So I'm going to read High Beams from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, okay. And the other title, now that I've, like, told the whole thing, the it's actually known as Killer in the Backseat. Oh, okay. Or High Beams. Yeah, that would have definitely given it away. Yeah, Killer in the Backseat. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the story from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Okay. The girl... So this is all a quote. (laughs) I am not... She did not write this. I did not author this. (laughs) The girl driving the old blue sedan was a senior at the high school. She lived on a farm about eight miles away and used the car to drive back and forth. She had driven into town that night to see a basketball game. Now she was on her way home. As she pulled away from the school, she noticed a red pickup truck follow her out of the parking lot. A few minutes later, the truck was still behind her. Quote, I guess we're going in the same direction, she thought. She began to watch the truck in her mirror. When she changed her speed, the driver of the truck changed his speed. When she passed a car, so did he. Then he turned on his high beams, flooding her car with light. He left them on for almost a minute. He probably wants to pass me, she thought. But she was becoming uneasy. Usually she drove home over the back road. Not too many people went that way. But when she turned onto that road, so did the truck. I've got to get away from him, she thought, and began to drive faster. Then he turned his high beams on again. After a minute, he turned them off. Then he turned them on again and off again. She drove even faster, but the truck driver stayed right behind her. Then he turned his high beams on on again. Once more, her car was ablaze with light. What is he doing, she wondered. What does he want? Then he turned them off again. But a minute later, he had them on again and left them on. At last, she pulled into her driveway and the truck pulled pulled in right behind her. She jumped from the car to the house. Wait, I'm sorry. She jumped from the car and to the house. Call the police, she screamed at her father. Out in the driveway, she could see the tr- driver of the truck. He had a gun in his hand. When the police arrived, they started to arrest him, but he pointed to the girl's car. You don't want me, he said. You want him. Ew. Crouched behind the driver's seat, there was a man with a knife. As the driver of the truck explained it, the man slipped into the girl's car just before she left the school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. He thought about getting the police, but he was afraid to leave her, so he followed her car. Each time the man in the back seat reached up over, reached up to overpower her, the truck driver, or I'm sorry, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. Then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. Ew. Yeah, and I got, I don't know if that's the exact version that was in the book, but I got it from Scary Stories, um, like a Scary Stories fandom website, oh. and they said it was... Like, posted online from the book. From the book. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, in the last little bit I have are versions of this urban legend featured in TV shows, books, and movies. And I'm just going to let you know, like, what the modern day versions are. Mm -hmm. So, there's The Twilight Zone, Season 1, Episode 9, and it's titled Perchance to Dream, which is, like... Creepy. A creepy freaking title. Yeah. And... Um, basically in this episode, a woman who was killed by a psychopath hiding in the backseat of her car happens and it doesn't, like, this episode actually came out before 
the urban legend was known to come out, so they don't know if it just was, like, a coincidence or if the urban legend actually evolved from from this. Yeah. So then there's John Carpenter's 1978 film, Halloween. Ooh. And the character Annie Brackett is killed when she enters the car and Michael Myers sneaks up from the backseat and kills her. Yeah. So a version is also in um, a book by author Alvin Schwartz, and that's the 1981 Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that I just said. Uh, There's Terror in Topanga which is the first segment of the 1983 anthology film Nightmares. I thought from Boy Meets World. <laughs> no, not Topanga. <laughs> oh, man. Um, there's a 1992 episode of The Simpsons, and Otto tells Lisa the legend as a bedtime story. Ugh. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into, like, their version of it. I'll just leave it at that. There's the 1998 film Urban Legend, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. A 1998 episode of Millennium, The Pest House, like I mentioned. It's also featured in a 1998 episode of the television show Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, and the title of that episode is Bright Lights. A 2003 episode of the detective series Jonathan Creek, and the episode is The Coonskin Cap. Ew, so it got a lot of, like, like, the idea was used in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. 2003 Tamil film from India, or Tamil film from India, Whistle. Begins with, like, a similar scenario. 2013 film Curse of Chucky. Ew. There's, like, a version of it in that. And then a 2015 episode of Scream Queens. <laughs> Ghost Stories. And Chanel Number no. 5, played by Abigail Breslin, is driving. And a truck starts honking with the high beams and all you that. You know, that's really weird. And it's not the same situation. But when I was driving back to college, it was light outside, too. Mm-hmm. The same scenario happened to me. And there's big, like, thir- whatever, big wheel cu- truck. Like, mm-hmm. a giant truck was trying to basically, like, run me off the highway, and I called my dad, and I was freaking out. That's terrifying, because it could be a warning, or it could be, like, actually some crazy fucking person. And they would come up beside me, and, like, like, look at me, and then, like, drop down behind me, and, like, beep at me, and trying to get me off the road. It was really weird. Gang initiation, too. That's creepy. I know. I was, like, not getting off the road. Yeah. So that's the urban legend of Killer in the Backseat or That's High really Beams. creepy. Yeah. I can see why it would stay around for a while. That's yeah. a creepy urban legend. Definitely. Really I creepy. feel like, and now that you mentioned the movies, like, I feel like I've seen similar scenarios. Yeah. And yeah. you said you've never seen the movie Urban Legend. No. So guess what? We're watching that soon because you ha- I have, have to see that with you. We have a of things yeah. that we need to watch together. Yeah. But I think this... I was deprived, or either that or Bryn was <laughs> I just I was deprived. Either that no. or Bryn was just obsessed with movies. I was a movie fanatic every weekend, especially in middle school and high school. I would go to the Blockbuster down the road. I would get my snacks. Snacky. I would rent a bunch of movies, or I would buy a bunch of movies because they had like the discounted movies, and I would literally just watch. Like I was, a, I weekend. was such a movie buff. Yeah, yeah, especially horror films and stuff. But. Urban Legends is a good one. And yeah. I just, I love 80s and 90s movies, so. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, that was good. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. It was a different thing. Let us know if you liked Urban Legends and if you want us to do more. Yeah. <laughs> or if there's an Urban Legend that really freaked you the fuck out when you were a kid and you want us to cover. Yeah, if any of your parents told you that Cropsy was going to get you <laughs> just to, like, keep you in line. 
Or that the Mothman murdered your cousin's sister and blah, 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 blah. Or if you're afraid to look in your backseat because of something like that. Yeah. All right. Let us know. Till next time. Bye, guys. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook